Welcome to the Choose You Netcast. This is Jim Langlois with the word from Joshua 24, 15. Choose you this day whom you will serve, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's my prayer that this netcast will encourage and cheer you on as we join forces to draw the line in the sand, defending our faith and our households in the resurrection power of Jesus. Join me each weekday as we dig deeply into God's amazing word and bring up the rich treasures of his blessings. Are you ready? Choose you this day. Whom you will serve. But that's for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house. I said, choose you this day, whom you will serve. But that's for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house. Good morning, NetWorld, and thank you for tuning in. Let's continue in our Family Bible Revolution series, and I have a new subtitle. It's An End Time Message for His Generational Blessing. Would you like His Generational Blessing? Well, I would too, so let's listen closely. Quoting from Scott Brown out of A Theology of Family, he says, The devil hates the family because he hates the gospel of Jesus Christ. A mangled marriage communicates a mangled gospel. An unloving, selfish husband declares a loveless faith and lies about Christ's love for the church. An unsubmissive wife represents the falsehood of an antinomian church and a rebellious child images a disobedient individual child of God. The devil's on a mission, hell-bent to destroy the glory of God and his everlasting kingdom wherever it exists, so he aims at the most important target, the gospel. The gospel is the devil's bullseye because it reveals the seed of the woman who crushed the serpent's head at Calvary. The church becomes healthier when biblical family life flourishes. Furthermore, the world experiences blessing when fathers take up the mantle of family shepherd. You see, Satan wants to destroy Christian families because they are a conduit of the blessing of God for many generations. Let's talk about the prophetic word concerning the end times and family. The first prophecy is the declaration to Abraham and Sarah in Genesis 18:19. As we have stated previously, God called and chose Abraham because he knew Abraham would be faithful and obedient. The key for the inheritance of nations was his obedience to command his children and his household in the ways of the Lord. This would be the way the Lord would bring to Abraham what he had spoken. Genesis 18:19 says, For I have known him in order that he may command his children and his household after him, that they keep the way of the Lord, to do righteousness and justice, that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has spoken to him. In order to be the master of the house and bring God's word into the house, one must also be subject to the word of God personally. In other words, the mentor is not one that just speaks words, but is also a doer of that word. His wife, children, servants, and house guests would all be able to identify a hypocrite, and the entire process of any discipleship would end. Let's move to the book of Malachi, the very last book and chapter of the Old Testament. I'll be making comments as we read through. Malachi chapter 4 and verse 1. For behold, the day is coming, burning like an oven, and all the proud, yes, all who do wickedly will be stubble. And the day which is coming shall burn them up, says the Lord of hosts, 
that will leave them neither root nor branch. Wow, a day is coming that will burn like an oven. The proud and wicked will be like stubble. They will be burned up without any root or branch left. This is not good. This is the righteous judgment of God against the prideful and wicked. But it's not all bad news. Malachi chapter 4, verses 2 through 3. But to you who fear my name, the Son of Righteousness shall arise with healing in his wings, and you shall go out and grow fat like stall-fed calves. You shall trample the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet. On the day that I do this, says the Lord of hosts. The good news is those who fear his name will be blessed. I like the message version. It says, but for you, sunrise. The Son of Righteousness will dawn on those who honor my name healing radiating from its wings. You'll be bursting with energy like colts, frisky and frolicking. And you'll tromp on the wicked. There'll be nothing but ashes under your feet on that day. God of the angel armies says so. The next verse is very important because it speaks of the landmarks set by our ancient father Moses, part of which is the Ten Commandments. Malachi chapter 4 and verse 4. Remember the law of Moses, my servant, which I commanded him in Horeb for Israel with the statutes and judgments. Next, we learn the specific day the prophet's speaking of. It's the great and dreadful day of the Lord, the second coming of Christ. The prophecy says it will be both a great day and a dreadful day. Why? Because for the proud and wicked, it will be a dreadful day of judgment. And for those who fear the Lord, it will be a great day of blessing. Malachi chapter 4, verse 5. Behold, I'll send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. But before that day, being the second coming of Christ, Elijah the prophet will be coming. Is this the prophet Elijah from the days past? We'll answer this shortly. And what will this prophet do? Well, Matthew 4, 6 says, And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. It seems in the last days before Christ's return, there's going to be some kind of revival within the family that brings fathers and sons together. Could we use that today? Has there been a division between fathers and children over the years? Is that really an issue today? Do we see divided homes in mass? Yes, most concur it is currently in a crisis stage. We need this manifestation of the Spirit of God in our families desperately. Divorce within the Christian family is at an all-time high, and relationships between fathers and their children is at an all-time low. Barna Research reported in 2011 that three out of every five young Christians, that's 59%, disconnect either permanently or for an extended period of time from church life after age 15. We need the family awakening and revival prophesied in both Malachi and Luke. Who is this end-time prophet? It was John the Baptist, not Elijah himself, but a prophet in the spirit and power of Elijah. It says in Luke 1.13, But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. 
He will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Is this really the prophet or should we look for another? Jesus said he was and he said we should listen very carefully. In Matthew eleven thirteen through 15, it says, For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. And if you're willing to receive it, he is Elijah who is to come. And verse 15, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Are we willing to receive it? Do we have ears to hear? If so, are we listening? Well, listening to what? Luke one seventeen says, and he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. In order to be prepared for the coming of the Lord, we need to be willing and obedient in the law that was set in Israel. Psalm 78, 5 through 6. For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers, that they should make them known to their children, that the generation to come might know them, the children who would be born, that they may arise and declare them to their children. Well, I know that we're under grace now and not under law, but the law is still true. It's still a truth that we should all be operating by. Why? It's to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, to turn the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Do we want our children to succeed? Do we want the disobedient to receive the wisdom of the just? Do we want our family to be prepared for the return of the Lord? The responsibility has been given to the master of the house. What is it that we and our children need to be prepared for? Well, this will take us to the prophetic words in Matthew chapter 24. We will read and comment on the entire chapter and notice a very important word near the end. Matthew 24, 4 through 5. And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. Has this happened in our time? Yes, one example I know of was named Jose Luis de Jesus Miranda in Florida, United States. He claimed to be the second coming of Christ. He had a worldwide ministry with many followers. But he died in August of 2013. You can see a documentary CBS Channel 4 did on his ministry on YouTube. I believe we'll be seeing more of this in the days ahead. Matthew 24, 6-12 says, And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you're not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in various places. These are the beginning of sorrows. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by all nations for my sake. And then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Then, here we go, many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Wow, a lot of negativity here. We've heard of wars and rumors of wars, nation rising against nation, famines, pestilences, and earthquakes. Yes, all these things have been happening for thousands of years. However, in the end times, we will see a marked increase. But do not be alarmed. There is hope for those who fear the Lord. Matthew twenty-four thirteen through 15 says, But he who endures to the end shall be saved. 
And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. Verse 15, Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, whoever reads, let him understand. Okay, now we have a time frame for this prophetic word. It is when the abomination of desolation takes place in the holy place. What is the abomination of desolation? There are several meanings. However, the most important one is it's the Antichrist one world leader who enters the rebuilt temple in Jerusalem and declares he is God. This particular event takes place three and a half years into the tribulation. This means that those who feared the Lord, their days have been shortened and they were caught up in the rapture three and a half years prior. They are not on the earth during these terrible times. Thank God for that. This prophecy is written about those who missed the rapture and are living on the earth during the tribulation. Well, that's all the time we have today. I look forward to being with you tomorrow and taking up just where we left off. Mark your calendar, set your clock, and tune in as we continue in establishing the family, Bible revolution, and end-time message for his generational blessing. I call you blessed. You have been listening to the Choose You Netcast with Jim Langlois. If you have enjoyed this program, you can find out more about Jim Langlois Ministries on the Master's House website at tmhnow.org. That's tmhnow.org. On the media tab, you can listen to many more messages, subscribe to my daily devotional emails, and follow the link to my blog site. If you'd like to write me or become a financial partner with this ministry, my address is the Master's House, Post Office Box 1568, Mechanicsville, Virginia, 23116. That's the Master's House, Post Office Box 1568, Mechanicsville, Virginia, 23116. Online donations can also be made at tmhnow.org, and my email address is pastorjim at tmhnow.org. This is Jim Langlois saying be blessed, you and your whole household. Until next time. Choose you this day, but that's for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house.